UTEP fans. The game might be over, but our coverage continues with Minor Talk, presented by Longhorn Distributing. Share your thoughts after every post game by calling 880-5763 or weigh in on Twitter at 600 ESPN El Paso with the hashtag MinorTalk. Now, let's head into the Lubingo Studios for your host, Adrian Broadis. UTEP is 3-1. UTEP football is 3-1 on the season, and that's how we welcome you to Minor Talk. We're presented by Longhorn Distributing. I'm Adrian Broadis. That's Sal Montes. And wow, UTEP completely dominating in this one, 31-6 against Louisiana Monroe, and we'll open up the phone lines right away, 880-5763, number to get into the program. We're also online, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, and man, Twitter's just, uh, I guess Twitter right now needs to really grasp what's going on because they're 3-1 and one going into Conference USA play. Miners start off hot in this one. 82-yard bomb from Gavin Hardison to Jacob Cowing sets up a Deion Hankins touchdown to start the game. Deron Lowe, cornerback for the Miners, gets a big turnover early into this one, picks off, gets a good interception, and then Deion Hankins scores two more touchdowns in the second quarter. Miners go up big. At halftime, 24 to nothing, and they never look back. You have a 300-plus passer in Gavin Hardison. You have a 100-yard rusher in Deion Hankins, and you have a pair of receivers who log over 100 receiving yards in Jacob Cowing and Justin Garrett. When's the last time we've said anything like that? When's the last time we've seen a UTEP team come out this dominant and dominate a team in the FBS ranks? Well, the last time a team at UTEP threw for over uh, 300 passing yards, rushed for over 100 yards, and had a a receiver who logged over 100 receiving yards was Trevor Vitito, Donald Buckram, and Jeff Moultrie back in 2009. It's been 11 years, Sal. It's a 3-1 start, first time since the 2010 season. They put up... 512 yards of total offense. They started off hot, broke a 15-game losing streak to FBS opponents, and we sit here today, and the Miners are 3-1. and one. Yeah, a multitude of guys chipped in, and I think that's uh, one of the best things that carried over from last week. Near the end of the show, we were talking about the highlights that we had, and there was a highlight from just about, or like there were eight highlights, and seven of them were from different players. Today, it's a little bit different. It's, it's kind of the Hankins show, but that's just scoring-wise. When you look at some of uh, some of the plays deeper into it, the stuff that doesn't show on the stat sheet, guys were in position, forcing uh, running backs or receivers to have to go a different way. Like if you're a receiver, you had to break down your route, try to get something else. So secondary stepping up. Uh, we'll, we'll get to some more names on the defensive line, but it was a real team effort today, and that's what you want to see from the Miners. Defensively, they held Louisiana Monroe to, to going out. 0 for 11 on third down conversions. They held the defense to to just rushing seven yards total on the ground. That's huge right there. And also three sacks. Coming into this game, the Miners had only logged two sacks all season long in their first three games. They left today with three more. That's huge right there for the Miners. And defensively, I thought they stepped up in a big way. They didn't allow the Warhawks to do really anything on offense, which was so big. And then offensively, they move the ball around like crazy. I've been saying it, and I'll say it again. Let Gavin Hardison loose. This guy can throw. He can air the ball out real nicely, and it sets up the ground game for Deion Hankins to run, and boy, 
You, you can't stop this guy once he's on the ground. No one can take him down. It makes me laugh when guys still think that they could take down Deion Hankins head on. I mean, you've got to cut him down low. That's the only way you can take this guy down because he's a beast. He's a monster. Deion Tankins. That's the name, right? I like primetime, but the best part is he's going to be having so many highlights that the time to argue what nickname is going to be the best is going to be awesome. Just depends on which highlight you see first. That's going to be the impression, really. But as far as uh, Hankins goes, there's something really interesting he said in the in the post game. We know Dion is kind of that humble guy. He's going to put his head down and go to work. But something he said that really caught my eye, you, you got to be quiet for the silent guys because – when they asked him how did it feel to run over, I think it was number 12 or number 15, uh, the best defender on ULM. They were talking about this in the post game, and he said, yeah, I kind of wanted to to target him because all week in practice, and he said he had a good practice, by the way. Um, he said all week in practice, he was hearing about how good the defender is, He's the, how he's the best defender on the team. Tankins put it on himself to say, all right, I'm going to go at you for the first time in a while. It was a me versus you kind of thing in, in an individual sense. And uh, Hankins came out on top. You like to see things like this. 8805763 number to get into the program. We're also on 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, online 600 ESPN El Paso com where you can check out the recap or chat with us on our free mobile app powered by United Bank. Again, this is Minor Talk. We're presented by Longhorn Distributing. We got a lot of tweets to get to here on the program. Again, Miners demolish Louisiana Monroe 31 to 6 in this game. We'll open up the phone lines right away and get to Brandon Cohn, who's first up and who will lead us off here on Minor Talk. Brandon, what'd you think of UTEP's performance today? I got one thing to say, gentlemen. How many people are still going to break my chops when I say that I'm proud of this team now, huh? How many people <laughs> have, the, have the stones to call and say that I sound pathetic because I'm proud of this team that's now 3-1 and one and have done something that they haven't done since 2010, started 3-1, and one and looked look really, really good in doing so. They went on the road. They beat a Division One team. Sure, I mean, you're still going to have the doubters. You're still going to have the people that say, yeah, they're 3-1, and one, they've beaten – two FCS teams. They've beaten a team that's 0-2 uh, you know, throughout the season so far. I don't care what any of you have to say. If you're not impressed with the way this team has started the year, then you're, you need to have your head examined. I mean, look, the way they're playing is just wonderful. I mean, Hank the Tank, Deion Hankins is a beast. <laughs> He's everything that we wanted him to be and more. You know, some people were upset that last year he was redshirted. It was great for him. He got to become acclimated Division One college football, and of course, he was able to preserve the season. He, he is, I mean, after coming back from the injury, he was amazing. He, he just, he's that bull. You can't stop him. You can't even contain him. I mean, you know, Hardison was amazing. I mean, some of those throws, the offensive line was great defensively. When's the last time UTEP blew out anybody? And I mean, all I have to say was that if you're a UTEP fan, you know, some people are still going to say, well, they're in CUSA, it's a weak conference, and they're going to struggle in CUSA. You know what? All I have to say is that it was an all-around great performance, and they just, this team doesn't go on the road and blow out anybody, okay? We haven't seen this in so long. So that's why it was such a satisfactory win overall. I mean, to be able to see them really lead from the beginning to the very end, and uh, you know, Louisiana Monroe was never in the game. And I mean, all around, I, I just, I just, all you know, all I can say is that it just keeps getting better and better. And now they go into the bye, 
and they can, you know, get you know, healthy and be rested, and, and then conference play begins. So, again, Well, wait, know, wait, wait, wait. Hold on there, Brandon, because I want to ask you this. Here's a big mm-hmm. question right here. Miners have eight conference USA, uh, USA games currently scheduled uh, coming up starting on October 10th. Out of those eight games, mine, the Miners are coming into Conference USA 3-1. and one. How many do you think UTEP can win out of those eight games, just without even looking at the schedule, just knowing what the talent is on this team so far? I, I would say they could win at least uh, four would be nice. I mean, that would be wishful. Wow. Three or four. Three or four. 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 So because, you're look, saying this team is going 7-5 and five and closing out the season 7-5. and five. Let me let me ask you a question. I mean, are there are there any teams in CUSA that are that much better than the way they are, the way they've seen we've seen them play so far? And I understand that they haven't started CUSA play, but again, we're talking about CUSA here. I mean, who really stands out? If UTEP can continue to play undisciplined football the way they did today, they could probably handle anybody in CUSA. Well. And again. You know, it, it, I mean, you got three wins, and it's not even the end of September yet. So, could this team at least win six or seven games and go bowling? I don't know that any of us thought that, that was going to be the case, but it sure as heck looks like it now, maybe. Wow. Well, bold statements by Brandon Cohn leading us off here on the program. I like it. Hey, Brandon, really appreciate the phone call. I like the thoughts right here. I like the talk because I asked this question on social media as well. The Miners get ready for Conference USA play here in two weeks. They get a bye week next week, and they enter Conference USA play with a 3-1 and record. Should be really interesting to see how they could fare in these eight games. I mean, the Miners, as it is, are one of, one of only two teams in Texas. Texas State as well to play four games so far on the season. So uh, you take the, to in, into account how many games the Miners have actually played. You take into account how they've played so far. You look at the Conference USA schedule. You might not be that impressed so far with the league and how it's turned out so far. And maybe you think, how many games can UTEP be competitive in? I like this conversation. Let's keep it going. 880-5763, number to get into the program. Let's go to Augustine, who's next on the program. Augustine, how many games? can UTEP win in Conference USA knowing that they are going in with a 3-1 and record? Uh, I, I think they can realistically win three games. Uh, and, and, and those are, that's my, you know, that's my neutral point of view. Being wow. really positive, being really, really positive, I agree with Coney. But I also agree, agree that that's why Coney doesn't have a radio show on Saturday anymore. That his views. Yeah, eight eight zero five seven six three number to get let, into. Let me the just program. say something really quick. Due to the pandemic, a lot of people aren't here. That's a stupid ass thing to say. Let's move on. Eight eight zero five seven six three number to get into the program. Totally agree with you there, Sal. Appreciate that. Let's go to Bobby Ortega, who's now joining us on the phone lines. What's up, Bobby? How are you? Well, I'm doing great. After watching that game, I mean, the miners look just fantastic. Uh, like, like they're definitely going to have a fantastic season. And I can tell you right now that they're going to win at least four conference games, wow. possibly five. Man. And, you know, I, I've been following the Miners for more than 50 years. And let me tell you, uh, their, their quarterback, uh, Hardison, he is one of the most talented quarterbacks I've seen in ages. But not only the quarterback, the running back is fantastic. Uh, you know, the, the receivers, man, they're so talented. And the great thing about this is that, you know, they're all uh, – uh, freshmen and sophomores. Yep. So I can see where the minors are going to be extremely talented for the next uh, several years. 
Great point there, Bobby. Hey, I want to I want to stop on that right there because that's a great point you bring up. Gavin Hardison, redshirt sophomore. Dion Hankins, redshirt freshman. Jacob Cowing, true sophomore. Praise Amehuli. Oh, excuse me. Praise Amehule. He's actually a redshirt sophomore as well. You have all these players who are very young in their UTEP careers, and you also take into account how this year for eligibility will not count for these UTEP football players, and you feel really good. You feel really positive about this program moving forward, especially since they showed that they could start off with a 3-1 and run one record. That's great right there, Bobby. I'm with you on you know that. that. To me, I was impressed 100%. And I'm looking forward to the Myers having a fantastic season. And I'm going to make plans to attend a bowl game wherever they go to play for a bowl game. Those are my plans. <laughs> man, I love it, Bobby. Hey, appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. 8805763. Number to get into the program. Let's go to Twitter real quick. We've got a lot of tweets to get to here on the program. And if you would like to chime in, now is the time to do it. 8805763. We've got two lines available. We'll get to Eric in just a little bit, but let's go to Twitter real quick. Go Miners at Leo Fan. Uh, actually tweets at the program. Looking forward into the call-ins on the show today. Dario Omar Avila tweets the program. Minor defense only gave up seven yards. Nice win by UTEP. 8805763. King Eric tweets the program. Think we're all dreaming or something. Who would have thought UTEP would win in this fashion? If you have never seen them before, you wouldn't think that they were one of the worst teams in the country. Hashtag progress. Hey, good point there by Eric, because you think about it. UTEP is playing this way on a nationally televised game on an ESPN2 broadcast. Hey, that's pretty significant right there. I don't care what you say. I I don't think they've been on ESPN2 since, what, Tulsa? Well, actually, (laughs) I I think that the last time they were on, like, a big nationally televised game was that UTEP-Arizona game, but that was a Friday night game, so I I don't really count. You can't really count that since that's probably the only game on a weeknight, um, you know, matchup on ESPN that they'll show. Steve Wrestler tweets the program and says this, Experts often say that you've got to learn how to win. The three wins haven't been against stellar competition, but each win yields better play each game by the Miners, and that's something to grow on. Hashtag, we want Bama. Hashtag, okay, we don't want Bama. Hashtag, Miner Talk. I love that right there. 880-5763, number to get into the program. We've got full lines right now. Let's uh, go to Eric, who's joining us on the phone lines. What's up, Eric? Adrian, what's going on? Oh, not much, Eric. What'd you think of the game? Oh, I was laughing when you were reading that tweet and they said, we want Bama. Oh, that made me laugh so much. That's a good one, right? I like that it, man. That was a good one. I was like, that was a good one. What'd you think of the uh, win? Hey, you know, I couldn't watch the full game because I was at work. But when I got out, I saw the fourth quarter. And, I mean, from what I read from the stats, they just looked. They looked good. They didn't just play good. They played how they looked. And it's like Brandon said earlier, they looked like they wanted to win. Like, like I mean, in the loss against Texas, like, they didn't look competitive. Like, they looked right. like they were just, like, thrown out there just because. Here, it looked like they wanted to play with some urgency. Like, they wanted to win. You know, Dion came back, and he you saw him. He was just running people over. Like, he, you can tell he wanted to win. 
No, you totally and, could. And and that's a big thing from a running back like Dion Hankins. And Eric, man, always appreciate the comments and thanks for weighing in as always. Love the tweets as well. Sad you didn't get to watch the game, but glad you got to catch the end of it. And hey, with Dion Hankins, this is his second game in just three games played where he rushes over 100 yards. He's got five touchdowns in only three games played right there. A redshirt freshman, El Paso's all-time leading rusher out of the high school ranks coming from Parkland High School. Sal, that's big. This is massive for this UTEP football program, knowing that you've got a young, talented running back like Deion Hankins, who's not just showing out on the field, but, man, this guy is bullying opponents at times. Yeah, uh, we asked this question, I think, last uh, weekend. Who's going to be the first to really take over for this team and put the team on their back? We saw flashes uh, from Cowan, obviously from Hardison and from uh, from Deion Hankins, praise of Maywile on defense. And um, these guys are really making names for themselves. It's kind of like they're having a competition of who can outdo each other, but the best part is it comes in sequences. Praise, Kelton Moss, Stewart, anybody on defense will make a play, and then as soon as the Miners get the ball, Hardison to Garrett, Hardison to Cowing, or Hankins rips off a 15-yard monster run. These guys are doing so many plays that complement each other, something we haven't seen before, and game by game, it's starting to get bigger. I'm with you on that. Let's go back to Twitter real quick before we get to Lori, who's joining us on the phone lines. Go Miners at Leo underscore Miners fan tweets the program. I think I could finally put to rest that this team is definitely not the same minor team of recent past because even the old UTEP could not fathom putting up such a show offensively and defensively. How good are they? We'll find out. Hashtag minor talk. Let's go to Lori, who's joining us on the phone lines. What's going on, Lori? I just they play great and you know come out and support them. Yeah, that's a big thing right there too. You think we, about UTEP uh, having a home game on October seventeenth against Southern Miss. Hey, if they go into that game two, uh, three and two, four and one, whatever it may be, I, I think it's warranted everybody here in El Paso to go see this team at the Sun Bowl. And that's Dion Hankins. He he's he's the real deal. He's so fun to watch, right? Don't you love watching him? Oh, yeah. We got to go to Parkland and watch all his games. He's, he's amazing. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you've, you've watched him ever since the high school days. Now, tell me this, Lori. What is it about Dion Hankins that you like the most? I, I think for me, it's the fact that he's such a well-spoken guy. He's, so, he's just a great character guy. And uh, even though you see what he could do on the field, uh, it doesn't really show what a great, what a great tremendous person he is overall. Well, and and he and the speed is unbelievable. He's so exciting, and um, we are so blessed to have him here at Utah. And you know, come on and support this team. You know, there's really nothing going on, and you know, this is beautiful weather, and I'm living a great autumn. I love it, Lori. Hey, appreciate the phone call, Lori. Thanks for weighing in on the show. 880-5763, number to get into the program. If you want to follow up Lori's phone call right there, let's go to Tom, who's now joining us on the phone lines. What's up, Tom? Yeah, I was looking looking at the TV, watching it in a bar, and seeing UTEP up 24 to 0, <laughs> and looking at people left and right, looking at the TV going, when was the last time you saw that? Yeah. You know, and that could have been a shutout today. It, it really could have been. It really yeah. could. It, you know, if they made those two field goals, if Gavin Beckley had hit at least two more of his four attempts uh, today and he would have gotten those, I think you're, you're looking at possibly, you know, a 37 game, a 37 maybe to nothing game. Because when you saw how Louisiana Monroe scored that last touchdown, I mean, 
let's be honest. I mean, Calvin Brownhold shouldn't have been in the game right there for the Miners at quarterback. He fumbled the ball. Uh, Louisiana Monroe capitalized on the turnover, had a 35-yard touchdown pass in the third quarter, and really UTEP shouldn't have allowed that to begin with. I mean, if you're really boiling this, this down, it should have been a shutout. I totally agree with you there, Tom. Right, and the other thing is, you know, you brought up a really good point. They are fun to watch because of Hardison and, of course, Hankins and everybody else, but the receivers are motivated because they know they're going to get that ball. And this guy throws it on a rope. And what he also does, I notice, is he's incredibly good at keeping the ball to a point where it's very hard to intercept. He he throws a lot. A lot of his passes are low, which are smart or off of the opposite shoulder where the defender, away from the defender. So uh, we got a lot to look forward to. This is going to be really good to see this team mature. I think the uh, UTSA game away should be a game a lot of fans should think about going to San Antonio. Mm, That's an interesting point right there, Tom. I mean, November 14th, UTEP has UTSA on the road. It's an afternoon game out at the Alamo Dome. That's really interesting right there. It's a tough October. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for the Miners because they've got uh, to play Louisiana Tech on the road. They've got to play Charlotte on the road. Both programs are, you know, obviously pretty good in Conference USA. And then when you look at a team in Southern Miss, I mean, even though they're 0-3 right now, they could still air the ball. They could still put some points on the board, and that's the team that the Miners are hosting this month of October. And they also have North Texas on Halloween. So, I mean, you know, you're talking about a tough October. If UTEP's able to get through this month and actually go into November with some more momentum, how they're kind of ending off this month of September, hey, that UTSA game could be a really, really good one. I mean, we're we're talking about a UTSA team who rallied back and won that game, uh, I believe it was yesterday, against Middle Tennessee. Ugh. I think it I was 37-35, something like that. Yeah, I'll Josh Atkins. How about Josh Atkins alert? Oh, former New Mexico State quarterback Josh Atkins comes into the game and what rallies back for the Roadrunners. They're 3-0 and on the season. I mean, if the Miners are looking to play them November 14th uh, for a big, big matchup, that's a good one right there. I like that by Tom. I, that's a nice one. I like it. I just hate the fact that we got to wait until November for that game. We got to wait till later in the season. I think this is a matchup. Uh, you, you hope that both teams can retain 90% of that fire by the time that game comes. But lo and behold, we know that at certain points, uh, many teams in Conference USA start to teeter off in a different directions. But this is a very, very unconventional year, obviously. So we'll see a lot of unconventional things. Hey, I really appreciated the phone call from Tom. I, I really liked the points that he made. And going back to the receivers, man, I mean, we say it each time, but we really have to emphasize it. You can't take these guys for granted. I mean, when you have a, a combo in Justin Garrett and Jacob Cowing. These are the first two to score or to have over 100 receiving yards in a single game. You have to go all the way back to 2012 when you're actually looking at two receivers who who actually go over 100 yards in receiving. And that's huge for this team. And I'm talking about uh, a tandem. And I, I believe it was Jordan Leslie and Mike Edwards who did it back in 2012 against Rice for the Miners. That's eight years right there that the Miners haven't had that from a receiving tandem. But I, I, actually, I honestly see these two Two guys as studs in Conference USA, in FBS. I mean, these guys are true, true ballers in the receiving game. Yeah, and it wasn't just regular catches. We're talking about third and long conversions, things that the Miners haven't done successfully um 
third down after third down after third down in so long. So when you have two guys that you could throw it to uh, for a large portion of yards, that's great. There's also guys running underneath. And lo and behold, if it's second and short, third and short, you still have a great, great asset in the run games, or Deion Hankins rather. So things are kind of piecing together for the Miners. Now we're just going to see how can they respond with eyes on them now. Yeah, great point. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, we'll get some more phone calls and tweets. If you want to weigh in, now is the time to do it. We just cleared the phone lines. 880-5763, number to get into the program. You're listening to Miner Talk. We're presented by Longhorn Distributing right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Minor Talk. We're presented by Longhorn Distributing. Adrian brought us here along with Sal Montes. UTEP gets a dominating win, 31 to six against Louisiana Monroe, and we're talking about it right now here on the program. If you want to weigh in, now is the time to do it. Eight eight zero five seven six three number to get into the program. We'll get to Ed in a moment, and we'll also get to some tweets in a little bit. Just want to give a big shout out to everybody who's also listening in on the podcast. Uh, so anybody who's listening to this right now on the podcast, really appreciate you doing it. We've seen all the numbers, and we've seen all the reactions and responses from everybody who recaps this online. And uh, I just want to say, hey. Really appreciate that. It's really awesome to see and, and uh, see, see everybody really passionate about this UTEP football team or UTEP sports in general. And man, if we can provide some entertainment to you during these times, really, uh, really want to do that, and really grateful to do that as well with you, Sal. Yeah, Adrian, it's it's always a pleasure. And uh, the best part is, we still have a whole lot of show to go and plenty more throughout the rest of the year. It's always fun. But uh, the best thing is people chiming in in multiple uh, multiple platforms. I should say, there's Twitter. Uh, Facebook messages, even the app chat as well. Uh, plenty of things. So shout out to you guys. We wouldn't be able to uh, be doing any of this without you. So we love you. 880-5763, number to get into the program. Before we get to the phones, I want to talk about Jim Center really quick. Because over the offseason, I think there was a lot of pressure just around the athletic department and about the excitement for this university and athletic uh, group as well. And, you know, you, you look at the football team to start things off. And uh, the pandemic caused three games to being canceled, Texas Tech, Nevada, and obviously that New Mexico State game, which was supposed to be played today, actually. It was supposed to be played Saturday, September 26th in the Sun Bowl, and instead... Uh, those games were all canceled. You know, the Mountain West decided to forego their season. The Big 12 decided to go with the eight regular or conference schedule plus one non-conference game. And so that eliminated any uh, likelihood that they would uh, play UTEP um, here in El Paso. And you look at that New Mexico State team and you feel bad because they're one of just three teams now who are not playing a season this fall for football. So, hey, UTEP was able to replace those three games with three wins. You pay money to have Stephen F. Austin and Abilene Christian come to the Sun Bowl, but you get a $1.4 million payout to, to lose to Texas in week two. And then you also get a payout from Louisiana Monroe to go on the road and demolish 
the Warhawks in Louisiana. So you end up 3-1 and one for your non-conference schedule. And again, I go back to Director of Athletics Jim Center, and I, I, you got to commend him, man. I mean, he's, he's the one who comes out on top of this with a big win because if you're able to schedule three games that your opponent or your, your own uh, program can win, and and find success in and go into Conference USA's schedule with a lot more confidence. I mean, seriously, as an athletic director, you accomplished your goal right there. Yeah, and we it's funny. We talk a lot about, um, or I do rather, talk a lot about like being in the right position to execute a play. Um, but as you just said, the execution of having to make decisions on the fly when things aren't going right, these are the guys who literally put it together. So for just to even get a game off is is incredible, especially in the in the pandemic. But like you said, to get three wins, something that the miners haven't been able to do in so long. There's a different kind of momentum now. Let's see how they do. Yep, I'm with you on that. Eight eight zero five seven six three number to get into the program. Going quickly to Twitter, Adrian at enemy win number three. Great game. I haven't seen UTEP play this good in years. Hope they do well in conference play. Ying Yang Samurai tweets the program. Where's the track at? Hashtag minor talk and also follows it up by saying this. I expect seventy percent of the calls today to be from the Northeast in support of Dion. Hashtag minor talk. Let's go to Ed who's joining us on the phone lines. Ed Hey, don't worry, man. I still remember the bet. Hey, this is uh, your bet is still going strong, and I think uh, your your bet is looking really, really nice right now. <laughs> I probably should have picked up an exclusive restaurant like Roots or something. <laughs> right? I think so. I'm with you on that. Hey, you bet us on the show last week, Ed, that UTEP would be competitive in six of their last nine games. Well, you just got one today, and they weren't just competitive. They were dominant. They were very dominant, and it was a complete game. I also wanted to mention some national stats here because, uh, of course, our receiver is nationally ranked. He's ranked number 15. And then, of course, we threw a lot of balls to Garrett today. We really mixed it up. And if, if you look at some of the players that came in, Coach Dimmel and his staff were throwing in some other uh, receivers, just kind of mixing it up with some uh, freshmen and some transfers. Really mm-hmm. good. Uh, the other thing is, too, is um, we have a lot more speed on the defense and the corners and our safeties. Uh, it was a great defensive uh, game plan. I'll tell you what, I I don't – I am vaguely remember, but I think I saw Deion Haskins running up Transmon with a tank chain. In fact, I saw him. I think I saw him. If you've ever seen a tank chain that weighs about 200 pounds, I, oh I saw him running up Transmon with a tank chain in the middle of summer. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's amazing. I don't doubt also, it. You also got to give heads up to the guys from Friendship in Lubbock. I mean, this yeah, doing Ronald Awad. He's hey, a, a touchdown late in the game, twenty three yards out, scores a touchdown, ends today with four carries for thirty six yards. I'm with you on that. And real quick, Ed, because you got me on Ronald Awad. Real quick, uh, Josh Field started the game at tailback. We knew that Dion Hankins had some complications with some injuries as of last week, so he didn't play last week against Abilene Christian. It was all Josh Field. So Field starts today for the Miners at 
that tail back. And he got off to a little bit of a slow start. And I, I just want to make this point that, hey, Josh Fields at times might not be your best runner. He might uh, not be the the most, uh, I, I guess, skilled at times. But, hey, the senior also does some nice things. I just wish that, you know, you look at Ronald Awad. He's got two touchdowns on the season. Maybe you mix up the, the carries between those two and have those guys as kind of the one-two punch as backups to Deion Hankins. If you have Josh Fields carrying the ball 15 times in one game and Ronald Awad only carrying the ball four, maybe you divide the amount of carries between the two and let's just add those together. We'll round it to 20, give 10 carries each and just kind of balance it out that way. I I think that's how you get your run game more involved by balancing it out a little bit more. And hey, I want to see Willie Eldridge a little bit more. I know they throw in Calvin Brownholtz at times as a change of pace quarterback. Maybe instead use a Wildcat setup and get uh, Willie Eldridge involved. I'm not saying he needs to be the direct snap quarterback for that uh, system, but maybe he could be uh, the running back and Deion Hankins could be the acting quarterback in that mix. I'm not sure. I mean, hey, I'm just saying that the running back rotation might need a little bit re- uh, refinements. I-, I think UTEP still has some problems in the run game at times beyond just Deion Hankins, and it's just because they're lacking a little bit of depth there uh, with the loss of uh, Quadres Wadley. And, you know, you lose a senior running back in Quadres Wadley at times. That's a huge loss right there. I, you know, the guy from Kendale, uh, Texas, he's a, he obviously is a proven runner in this system and in this program, and I think that he could be a, a really good or he could he could have been used in a really good way with this group if they did it right. But hey, you know, either way, I just think they need to manage the running back rotation a little bit better moving forward. And Ed, I really appreciate the phone call. Thanks for weighing in. 880-5763, number to get into the program. UTEP defeats uh, Louisiana Monroe 31-6. to Let's go back to Twitter right now. Manny David tweets the program. They proved me wrong. What a great win. Rest up in the bye week and just take it one week at a time. Hoping they can win at least three or four more and go bowling. Hashtag picks up. Ying Yang Samurai tweets again on the program. Talking about the Northeast supporting El Paso. Grand Paul tweets the program right now. I think another loss to a big school for the money makes it a bad year. Hey, actually, that's a really good point. You know, if you're getting uh, a lot of money from another opponent and you lose, that might actually uh, lose a little bit of confidence for the Miners. Don't you think if they were to play another big dollar game instead? I mean, we had this debate yeah. on, on Sports Talk, actually. Why didn't UTEP elect to take another money game instead of having two FCS opponents and maybe another group of five opponent like Louisiana Monroe? Why mm-hmm. didn't they take another money game like a BYU on the road or whoever? Why didn't they do something like that? And hey, I'm, I, I kind of see where uh, Grand Paul is going. If you lose to another big school for the money, that might lose your confidence right there. Yeah, I mean, what, are, are you going to sacrifice momentum for a money game when you've been doing uh, money games, sometimes multiple in a year over the last X amount of years? I don't think it's worth it, especially when you already got that money game. Now, if you didn't have one, obviously I would say to schedule one, but you, you, can, uh, you can't sacrifice this three-on-one momentum that this team hasn't had in forever for another money game. I like that comment because they have standards at a point you know yeah we're gonna schedule a money game but they still want to be able to uh to win so that's pretty much what's going on for the miners i think jd aziz tweets the program i'm still not sold on head coach dana dimmel but i have to admit that there has been some praiseworthy progress on both sides of the ball hey interesting right there and speaking of praise i'm a hooli man 
Ameule, I should say. There man, we go. Come on, man. I'm the one who's, who's <laughs> correcting everybody on the pronunciation. I can't get it right myself. <laughs> hey, Amehule balled out today as well. I mean, ending the first half with a sack, strip, uh, stripped ball as well. I thought that was huge for him. This defense ends the game with three sacks on the day. Stephen Forrester chipped in with one. True freshman Michael Ike tri- chipped in with one late in the game. Um, the defense held Louisiana Monroe to going 0 for 11 on third down conversions. This defense stepped up last week in a big way, kept them in the game, and then they come back in a huge way today and just dominate all all uh, areas in all four quarters of this one. Yeah, you mentioned praise and Maywillay earlier, and we're seeing that that energy rub off on a lot of the other guys and this is something that we're really looking forward to or we were looking forward to rather at the beginning of the season because we know about we know about Amewale, we know about Kelton Moss but guy named Keenan Stewart today in the mix of things huge pass breakup, also tackle for loss, fundamentally sound in the first quarter by the defensive line and we got to see that kind of carry out, it was a huge impact and another thing too Adrian they didn't get rattled whenever, uh, whenever there's some good pass blocking or run blocking they were able to attack or fix whatever things that we're lacking on with adjustments on the next series or the next play. Let's go to Rob, who's joining us on the phone lines right now. What's up, Rob? What did you think of the win? Oh, it was amazing. I, it was the best, the best, the best win I've seen since since 2010. And you know, I left El Paso uh, for the Aaron Jones years. I wasn't living there, so I, I missed those. But uh, you know, since I came back, um, I haven't really seen UTEP win anything, and it was it was exciting and. Um, and I don't think we're in a position as a fan base to be, um, <clears throat> to you know, to be complaining about who we played against and who we won. And you just got to take you got to take the wins as they come. And the most encouraging part to me was that <clears throat> they played better. This is their best game of the year against better opponents. It's showing improvement. They're making those adjustments in practice. The receivers are getting their timing. And the most impressive part was was the line play. They didn't really get to Hardison, other than a a blitz that the running back didn't get. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then the defense held up really well. And that's sort of the same level of opponent they're going to be playing. And you know, we're not playing in the Big Twelve or the SEC. Like we're playing in Conference USA. If, if they can, you know, play like that, you know, minimize the the turnover, you know, they're going to be in a lot of games. And um, just see, you just see what a difference solid quarterback play makes um you know it makes all the world of a difference it turns it turns all these guys into into receivers and i really like the fact that they schedule two fcs opponents because the the team needs to know what it's like suiting up on monday after a win you know they hadn't felt that in years and i just think it made all the difference this week they they they, they were confident in the first quarter on up and uh I really enjoyed it. What did you think? Well, I think that you talked about adjustments. I think one of the biggest adjustments, Rob, that you see is the fact that they started off hot. I mean, that is something we haven't seen in all three games, including the two FCS wins. Uh, UTEP has started sluggish in all three of their first games, but not today. In their fourth game, they started off hot and electric. I mean, going up 24 to nothing at the half, they were dominating. They didn't look back. They took the life out of Louisiana Monroe, and even though the Warhawks came out in the second half they had no no uh, way to come back in this one at all no answer for the miners in this one and I think that was the biggest thing for me is when you punch them in the mouth in the first half and you don't look back that's a dominant win right there that's something to hang to be really happy about and uh, really be proud about this program moving forward in terms of adjustments oh yeah and then they punch back again in the fourth 
and uh, I really enjoyed that as well. Just one more thing on Dimmel. Um, I, I had always said this year was going to be the the year to see if he's going to turn the corner because you can't really judge a, a coach off the first two years, especially when you're playing with other uh, coaches' players. But it's starting to seem like like they're slowly starting to turn the corner with the program. And, um, you know, Dana Dimmel might not be the best coach for, you know, Texas Tech or Houston or any of that, but but he does have experience. Uh, turning around one of the worst Power Five programs like like we've ever seen yeah. in, in Kansas State, and uh, you know there's something to be said about that what they did over there. And yeah, he might not get us to ten and two like we like we want, but maybe in the future, you know, we'll be a respectable enough program to where we can snatch a decent name. And and you know he's he's laying that groundwork now, and I, I just think that was a great hire. Even if you know we don't win the conference, he's he's slowly starting to turn the corner and. Um, Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it, Rob. Thanks for weighing in. 880-5763, number to get into the program. Hey, I remember when Rob said that. I think this was a big fork in the road year for Dana Dimmel, for good or bad. And, hey, it seems like so far, even if they were to lose the rest of the games this year, you got to look at this as a positive improvement for this program, just considering the young talent they have, considering they've won three games. That's the first time they've done so since uh, 2016 when they won four. And I, I think that's really important for this team because, like all of our callers have said before, this just this program needs to learn what it takes to win. That's the bottom line right there, Sal. Yeah, we're seeing the, the small steps, I think, towards what we want to see. It's just with, with the team being the way that it was over years, you want to see that in progression, especially when um, just a little bit more would be significantly better. But I think now the pieces of the puzzle are finally starting together. Guys don't look as lost as they did before. I think they know, um, they, obviously they've studied what they want to do, especially in the game and for certain situations, but now they're playing with a better sense of urgency, but also at the same time we don't see a panic when things aren't going their way for the most part of the game. 8805763, number to get into the program as we continue. Before we take a timeout, I just want to elude our two awards that we'll give out here later on the show today. We're going to give our player of the game brought to you by the great folks at the Oscar Audi at the Allstate Agency. They want to remind you that all five locations, you could pick up a foam finger or a clear bag before your next UTEP football game. You could call them today at 406,000. That's the Oscar Arieta Allstate Agency who's going to bring us the play of uh, the player of the game here for UTEP. He is the official insurance agent of the UTEP Miners. We will also give out our other award, which is our minor player play, excuse me, of the game. And that is brought to you by Taco Avocado, our great friends out there. You could pick up, dine in, or to go at Taco Avocat 2114 North Zaragoza on the Far East Side. Order online at tacoavocat.com. We're going to take a time out right now. When we come back, we'll get some more tweets. They're coming in right now, and there's some hot tweets coming in, and I'm excited to read them. We'll get some more phone calls as well. Stay with us as Minor Talk continues, presented by Longhorn Distributing right here on 600 ESPN. El Paso. 600 ESPN El Paso. Hey, 
Hey, shout out to YYS for this song right here. That's funny. Westbrook's going to the Lakers, baby. Get ready. Okay. Nice team chemistry you have. It'd be a shame if it was broken up. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that one right there. <laughs> Minor Talk presented by Longhorn Distributing. I'm Adrian Bradas. He's Sal Montes. 8805763 is the way you could talk to us about UTEP football after they beat out Louisiana Monroe 31 to 6. We'll go back to Twitter though. Joseph tweets the program 2020 COVID-19 and UTEP actually winning a game. Go figure. Also tweeting the program, Joe Chacon. This is the year you don't take out the starters. That damn third quarter change messed up the flow. Hopefully Dimmel learned his lesson. Hashtag no mercy. Dario Omar Avila tweets the program. Minor defense only gave up seven rushing yards. Nice win, UTEP. Also tweeting the program is Herman Flores who tweets... Was too early, maybe the fourth quarter or very late third, in reference to taking out Hardison for Calvin Brownholtz. And then he also followed it up by saying, dominating a Division One team? What? <laughs> That's from Herman Flores on Twitter. Ryan Vidales tweets the program also. At Coach Rhino number 22. Yup, and honestly, I personally didn't like the way that they managed the third quarter. It went from a clean, near-perfect game to mental errors, personnel questions, and other issues. I'm just happy they closed the game out and finished strong. Go Miners. Hey, I, I, we got some a string of third quarter tweets right there, Sal, and I'll, yeah. I'll throw you one right now. Okay. How about this? The fact that UTEP has not scored in the third quarter all year. That's weird, right? Yeah. You know, we, we talk a lot about how they're taking steps. This is one of the next ones that they got to do. It's just there's so many things um, that they can accomplish game by game. However, I think that's something definitely that they're going to want to take care of. But before that, Adrian, it was the slow starts. Miners were able to get that going now can they keep that going and also when are they going to be able to score in the third quarter because that's really the make or break at times we, we see the other team kind of get momentum and all that stuff that you were feeling in the first and second quarter goes away so for the miners this is something that they're gonna have to be able to fix especially if they want to start beating more division one teams along the ranks of themselves yeah you gotta put a fourth quarter you know four yeah. quarters of football out there that's very true jalapeno vato tweets the program I utsa <laughs> Has been better for a while now in reference to me saying that uh, UTSA going 3-0, and UTEP going 3-1. and Hey, that's huge right there. And he says that UTSA has been better for a while now. I don't know. I think it's they, been kind of on the same level. I think mm. UTSA, you know, you get excited about your new head coach and Jeff Trailer, But yeah. uh, it, I, don't th- I think it's a little bit unfair to say that UTSA is a lot better right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I think they're better. I just don't think by much. You know, it's it's kind of like if you were throwing a stone, um, they're better by like half a foot. Yeah, that's why I go back to Tom's call from earlier, just saying that that November 14th game against UTSA should be really interesting. Joe Chacon tweets the program, we finally got some playmakers. Two legit wide receivers in Garrett and Cowing, and the beast in Tankins at the running back. The defense looks like it's starting to gel, and they're, they are in the plus on turnovers and in sacks. Let's get to 4-1 and one and make 2020 seem legit. Now, I'll tell you this, Joe Chacon, as we look forward into this UTEP 
football schedule. Let's let's go over the games because UTEP takes on Louisiana Tech on October 10th. They'll take on Southern Miss on October 17th. They'll face Charlotte on the road October 24th and then finish out the month of October against North Texas on Halloween in the Sun Bowl. Let's go over those opponents real quick. Louisiana Tech, they get a big win against Southern Miss in the final mo- moments of that game to go 1-0 on the season. Skip Holtz returns a lot of players on this team, although I will say this team has been impacted by COVID-19 in that win against Southern Miss. They were without 20 of their players in, in total and six starters because of COVID-19 problems with their team. So um, that should be an interesting game on the road in October. That one, October 10th. Then you've got Southern Miss at home. Southern Miss on the season so far is 0-3. I've seen some of their games, and I, I got to say, you know, even though they can't really do much on defense, their offense is pretty nice. And they've got uh, one of the nation's best receivers right now. They've got uh, Frank Gore's son. That's right. Frank Gore, who's going to be the starting running back <laughs> wow. of the New York Jets on Sunday. Hold they've got on. a son at running back. Hold on. People talk about, I'm going to bring him up. People talk about LeBron being in the league until his son is in the league. We might see this with Frank Gore. He might not retire for another 50 years. I know. I'm with you on that. <laughs> He's going to retire. Uh, I know we don't talk politics, but he'll finish football before Al Gore finished his politics. We'll see which Gore lasted longer. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Eight eight zero five seven six three number to get into the program. Yeah, Southern Miss has lost 32-21 to against South Alabama. They lost 31-30 in the final seconds to La Tech, and they got housed against Tulane 66-24 to today. So they're 0-3 on the season. That's who the Miners will be taking on. Um, in in uh, in three weeks at home, then the Miners will take on Charlotte on the road. And Charlotte so far is zero and one. They lost thirty five twenty against Appalachian State. That game was last week. They haven't been able to play yet. So their first game that we'll be able to see them play in Conference USA action will be Florida Atlantic next week. So that should be a telly game to see where the Forty ers are and kind of where they stand. But man, Charlotte closed out the season in a very big way last. Last year, So if that was any indication on how talented they are coming back this year. I think that is a problem for this team, uh, you know, especially when you're talking about UTEP going on the road and facing the 49ers. And to close out the month of October, the Miners will host North Texas. Seth Luttrell obviously doesn't have quarterback Mason Fine. It's a new era out there for the Mean Green. They defeated Houston Baptist 57-31 to and Bailey Zappi. Uh, that was at the start of this month, and they got housed against uh SMU 65 to 35. So Sal, when we're talking about the month yeah. of October right there, we're talking about a lot of mediocrity and you got to throw in uh, UTEP as kind of that uncertain mediocrity in that mix as mm-hmm. well for those four games. But how can, how do you see those games faring realistically? You're going on the road against La Tech. You have Southern Miss at home, Charlotte on the road and North Texas to close out the month at home. How do you see those four games going for UTEP so, the, in the month of October? Realistically I think they can split, um, and I'll talk more about the schedule beyond later, but I really like the way that it's shaping up for the Miners. They they have a winnable game at home against Southern Miss. I'm getting ahead of myself, though. We'll start off with La Tech. They can be competitive, you know, I, because La Tech, it's not going to be the same team that went up against Southern Miss and closed the game out, and, and the reason why I have some hope for that is that unit still has to be able to gel together in game time. The Miners are going into this one, their fifth game, with pretty much the same uh, lineup that they had at the beginning of the season. So that should be good. It'll be competitive. But 
But for Southern Miss, that's a very winnable game at home. Then they'll take on Charlotte, who really we haven't seen too much of this season. Only uh, one game so far that was against uh, App State at the beginning of the season. They're not going to be playing until October 3rd, so they'll they'll be um, they, they won't have as much of their legs underneath them and as we look at the rest of uh october rather they'll be taking on north texas another game they can be competitive in just because they're at home so they have a shot in these it's just going to come down to can they convert on third and long again can they be able to stop the other team or force them into third and long situations they there's some things they did in this game they're going to have to stretch out against these opponents yeah i think it's going to be interesting i think when you talk about splitting i think that's uh pretty realistic right there Mm -hmm. because you see north texas who's kind of like eh, and you see southern miss who hasn't really shown too much on the season uh too so maybe you have a chance to split those games and you know the road games are just hard that's bottom line when you're when you're talking about the the miners traveling to the east coast that's just difficult for an inexperienced group like UTEP has. 8805763. Let's go to Ron, who's joining us on the phone lines right now. What's up, Ron? Hey, how you doing, guys? We're doing real well. How about you, Ron? Yeah, I'm good. I'm out here again drinking a couple of beers and smoking a cigar. All right. <laughs> I guess I guess UTEP won, right? Yeah. <laughs> and enjoying <laughs> the win, of course. Oh man. Yeah, I, I, I do have a couple of questions. See, that to me is kind of vintage Jordan Palmer, man. I mean I've been around for a long time, and I saw that that kid playing from Hobbs. He's terrific. I mean, he's absolutely terrific. Uh, But I do have a couple of questions to ask. All right, Uh, go ahead. Okay, first of all, uh, this is the first time we've been three and one in like a gajillion years that I can remember. Yep, first time three and one since 2010. Okay, number two question: As far as and I've been going to minor games for ever. This is like. I don't know if anybody keeps records of this, but uh, is there a record of how many games we actually win in the afternoon? I, you know, I've <laughs> never seen us win, you know, uh, afternoon game. That's a good one. You know, I'm, I'm going to do some homework on that because that's a really good one. I, you know, me covering the miners for the past five years, uh, I've, I've definitely covered my share of afternoon games, and I, I have definitely seen my share of bad afternoon games. Remember that one really bad one last year that got out of hand in the first? I, I think it was 30 seconds against North <laughs> Texas. I mean, they go down like. Like fourteen to nothing within the first, uh, you know, first half minute. That was crazy, right there. Well, I, I think that, I think that's a good thing for us because as far as in, I've been going to minor games for 40, 45 years, and I can't remember us ever winning an afternoon game. Maybe we did. I just it slipped my mind. But no, I, I think I, I think they definitely have won one. I mean, it, it can't be that recent, especially you know considering that the miners uh, played the majority of their games at home at night. Uh, it's only recently that we've seen with this new athletic department that they're starting to sprinkle in some afternoon games. But hey, you're probably going to see a lot more afternoon wins, Ron, because UTEP's got a lot of games uh, on the rest of their schedule in the afternoon, especially at home. Yep, I'll be there. And I just want to answer quick. If somebody can find that record up, I would really enjoy it. Thank you. <laughs> That's a great one, Ron. Appreciate the phone call. 880-5763, number to get into the program as we continue here on Minor Talk. We're going to take our final break here on the program, and when we come back, we'll give awards, we'll give our final thoughts on this game, and we'll get you ready because uh, right after Minor Talk today, we'll have game number five. Is it five or six? I, I think it's 
what is it? Five, yeah, Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals. Lakers, Nuggets will be uh, at it. That one tipping off at 7 o'clock, and we'll take you right up to that. But right now you're listening to Minor Talk, presented by Longhorn Distributing right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Minor Talk. Adrian brought us here along with Sal Montes. We're presented by Longhorn Distributing, 880-5763. If you'd like to duck in a late call here on the program, now is the time to do it. Johnny tweets the program, can we take a second to appreciate the fact that UTEP blew someone out on ESPN2? Yes, yes, we can. I mean, come on, man. That's amazing right there. The fact that UTEP does this on a national, a nationally televised game. I mean, uh, hey, Sal, we talked about this. Hey, this is great for recruiting. You get to do this yeah. on national television. You get to call up some high schoolers and say, hey, what would you think of that win? What did you think of what we did on national TV against uh, Louisiana Monroe? It's funny because it's a football game, but it's like they're playing poker right now. They're just playing the, the cards that they're dealt. I mean, this is just the way that it aligned. Miners found themselves with the game on ESPN2 due to cancellations. You just got to roll with it. We're seeing a lot of teams, a lot of programs adjusting. And the, the coolest thing, I think, Adrian, is that teams are being set apart from how well they can adjust on the fly just in terms of the overall athletic program. And we're seeing, not just at UTEP, but a lot of other universities, you, you got to give them a lot of credit for being able to to field a team because your opponent um, is unable to play due to X amount of players testing positive or a staff member. Whatever the case may be, the adjustments on the fly are stellar across uh, the NCAA. And uh, it's just beautiful to see, man. Fans want games, but even more importantly, they're able to have them with these safety measures and it's really cool now i'm with you on that 880-5763 number to get into the program and same a lot uh, similarly on those lines sal the fact that utep has played four games i mean yeah. with no complications that's a really big thing in itself too we're talking about covid19 cases yeah. really uh canceling a lot of games across the country i mean talk about the game that was supposed to be at the same t- exact time slot on espn2 it was supposed to be uh houston versus north texas yeah. but the mean green had four internal positive cases of COVID-19 along with a lot of contact tracing so they weren't able to field the team for this game and man I mean that's that's tough right there if you've got a Conference USA opponent right there who actually is not able to play or you have a Houston team mm-hmm. who hasn't been able to play a single oh. game because of COVID-19 that's tough yeah and I just want to say another thing too just as uh, great as I'm commending these teams you definitely feel for teams like Houston who no matter what they're doing it's just not aligning for them. It's just not in the stars, but um, it's it's just the way it is right now. You got to roll with it. Love it if if you're able to be out there, but if not, just got to appreciate the times that you that you'll have in the future or the times that you did have before. It's it's a really crazy year. We're gonna see how it unfolds throughout the rest of the season, but so far so good. Hey, I like this. Pinky wants to chime in on what he thinks should be our player of the game presented by the Oscarotti at the Allstate Agency and also our play of the game presented by Taco Avocado. He thinks it should be Gavin Hardison as the player, and he thinks the play of the game was that 82-yard bomb to Jacob Cowing. Hey, interesting. 
I like it. I hey, like it. hey, uh, Pinky <laughs> might be uh, one of two right there with when it's all said Hold and done. Hold on, is is he in the studios? Is he hearing our our <laughs> commercial <laughs> I, talk? What's going on? I think so, man. <laughs> I think so. Hey, the Miners put up 512 yards of total offense, which was huge today. And it was, I mean, let's be honest, it was led by Gavin Hardison, the gunslinger quarterback. 13 of 25 through the air. He had 302 passing yards. Had only one sack, no touchdown, no interceptions. Hey, how about this stat for you, Sal? Gavin Hardison has only one touchdown in four games. It's because they don't throw the ball yeah. in the red zone. They really just hand the ball off to either Deion Hankins or whichever running back it is. And they they decide to get the touchdowns through there. Yeah, another thing too is although there are obviously more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns, a lot of those rush touchdowns are set up by the pass. I talk about guys complimenting each other. This is one of the perfect things. I think later on as the season unfolds, um, we're going to start to see more big run plays and coach might switch it up, call a pass play. Hardison on the side of the corner, whatever. I don't know. I'm, I, I can't. I can't imitate him exactly. But um, we're gonna hear a lot more pass touchdowns. I think as the season goes on, because there's four games worth of film on UTEP. There's no way the Miners play this exact way all the way to the end of the season. They have a lot more tricks up their sleeve. I think. Yeah, and I, I think you just gotta let Hardison loose at times. I mean, man, this guy's incredible at times. He, he can sling the ball like no other that we've seen at UTEP since what the likes of Trevor Vitito. Really, I mean, yeah. he's probably their best quarterback since then in pure pass. And, you know, Jamil Showers led the Miners to a bowl game and a bowl appearance in 2014. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about pure passer, gosh, Cardison does it all for you. He's got the arm. He's got the accuracy. The way he's able to thread those balls were really, really nice. And I've just loved the chemistry he's established between him, Jacob Cowing, Justin Garrett, and, of course, Deion Hankins. They've got some really talent. When you're talking about those four players, you're talking about four really talented players on this group. Yeah, and they're they're all young, too, so we're going to get to see a lot more of uh, this quadruplet. I, I guess I like it. Is that what you want to call? It? I don't yeah, know how you would and say and, it. Uh, and somebody asked me earlier, you mm-hmm. know, with uh, Justin Garrett being a redshirt senior, do you think he'll be back next year? I mean, me personally, I think he will be back. I, I know I asked this exact question to Justin Garrett, and I, he even told me he didn't give it a lot of thought. But at the time, he was just kind of focused on this year, seeing where what this year did for him. But you think about next year, and hey, Justin Garrett returns. He puts up more yardage. You could make a case that he could be playing professional football in the future, whether it be you know on. Sundays or in a different league. I mean, he's got the talent. Justin Garrett's shown that he can really catch, uh, you know, the pass passes really well mm-hmm. and really nicely. And today, ending off with the as a leader, seven catches, 120 receiving yards. He had a long of 38 today. Jacob Cowing, three catches, 102 yards, and that 82 yard mm. deep pass was amazing. I, I know that there were some drops today, and I don't want to sugarcoat any of that because you know Devon Cooper chipped in. He had two catches. Trent Thompson chipped in with a catch himself as the tight end but uh, there were some drops on this uh, receiving group. I just still go back to the tandem that when you have two guys going for over 100 yards, I mean Sal, I didn't think we'd see the day. Me neither and aside from that, it's third down. Oh no, both of them I think had more than one for sure maybe they had two or three each, something like that we'll look back at it more but these guys are reliable. For the first time guys are able to close out the deal I I said this uh, analogy last time but I'm going to bring it to catching now 
ABC, always be closing, always be catching. These guys like are finally it. reeling it in on third down. Now the next step is obviously going to be don't drop them at all. <laughs> but for them to be doing it when it matters the most is a big step up from before. Hey, Locomotive play tonight, too. Let's go. Against New Mexico United. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, you be, you've got to be happy about uh, El Paso Locomotive winning against uh, the New Mexico United. Are we going to put it out Wait, there right who, now? Who are they playing? <laughs> New Mexico United, the rivals. Who's that? The rivals. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. 880-5763, number to get into the program. Defensively, we've talked about it. I liked what Stephen Forrester did. He's the leader on this defense at the linebacker position. He led the way with eight tackles. He had a sack, a ta- uh, one-and-a-half tackle for loss on this game. Tyrese Knight also had a really good game. Six total tackles for the Miners in the linebacker group. Uh, also chipped in with a tackle for loss. But, man, we got to talk about Dennis Barnes, the the cornerback who's just emerging right before our eyes. He had three total tackles today and two pass breakups and two really key and nice pass breakups where maybe, you know, one year later, two years later, he's intercepting those just because he's in the perfect position to do it. Yeah, the defensive line is doing a great job in the trenches, forcing the quarterback to throw uh, quicker than he wanted to, and you could really see the secondary picking up on that. It wasn't nothing like this, obviously, against Texas, but we're seeing the adjustments that they've made, and for them to be able to finally win the trenches, again, back-to-back games where they, they supersede in the trenches, little steps agent I like it I like it too a lot and then when you're looking at the other uh, players who really made an impact today uh, I really liked uh, you know actually let's let's talk about special teams real quick okay. because I think there were so, a little bit of problems I think the only time when you're talking about some of the negatives in this game you look on the special teams I didn't like the fact that you had guys uh, either in the kick return or the punt return who didn't uh, who, who didn't fair catch at times this was mostly in the punt returning game with Justin Garrett not fair catching at times but Gavin Beckley going an uncharacteristic one of three uh, from f- for his field goals. I understand the 51-yard miss, but I don't get the 32-yard miss. I think that was you know an easier chip for Gavin Beckley. He's a very good kicker, Sal. He's a very yeah. good one. But you got to get his confidence uh, under his belt, and you know, go having him out there on the opening drive for a 51-yard attempt. That's tough for a kicker. It's tough, but also at the same time, I think when you're trying to turn the tide and show that you're not the same team as before you got to do things that are difficult. you got to do things that are, are not so easy to do. And it, it's obviously a tough kick. It's on the road. You haven't won on the road. A true road game, I should say, outside of conference, I think since like 08. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, Louisiana, Lafayette, shout out to the Raging Cajuns, dramatic game. But back to you, Tep. Um, you gotta be you got to be doing things you haven't done before. So before long, there's going to be a point in time where those are field goals that have to be made. I think he'll, he'll get it down as the season progresses. But it's just uh, the way the game turned out. And also another thing, uh, you were talking about the negatives. There were really only two negatives that I could take away. Uh, one, of course, was special teams, the poor performance, but also the, um, the miscommunication, the, the poor execution near the end of the third quarter and uh, those are really the only two things that I could take away that I didn't like but I'll get to the other stuff later all right well let's uh let's go over some more stats from today's game uh when you're looking at total offense the miners put up 512 Louisiana Monroe just 193 and we talked about the seven yards on the ground that they had that was disastrous for Louisiana Monroe they really could only get it going through the air and it was Colby suits who was 17 of 27 he did have an interception in this game but he also had 
had a touchdown pass, 184 yards through the air. His favorite target was uh, Josh Peterson, who was the son of uh, of Doug Peterson from the Eagles, right? <laughs> nice. Isn't yeah. that funny? That's right. Yeah, I love that. Josh Peterson had four catches today, just 27 yards but seven targets. So he was his favorite target today. Just couldn't really get much going on in this whole game. Uh, you know, overall, it was Job Bloomfeld who caught that 35-yard touchdown pass for uh, the Warhawks in this game. Uh, defensively, they were led by Travion Webster, who had nine total tackles in this one. All of them pretty much came as assists, so they weren't uh, total tackles. They were just assisted tackles right there. Uh, when you're talking about things like penalties for the Miners, they had seven today for 60 yards. They've been pretty good in terms of discipline and not having too much penalties come their way, but did have seven today. Uh, Louisiana Monroe had seven also for 72 penalty yards. Uh, Miners dominated time of possession. Almost 40 minutes, Sal, they had the ball today. Almost yeah. 40 minutes compared to Louisiana Monroe, who had the ball for 18. It, something interesting that I had noticed, um, it was, I think, their first possession in the third quarter. Gavin Beckley had missed that field goal, but they reeled off, I think, seven minutes in the third wow. quarter. And uh, something interesting I noticed is that, obviously, we wanted them to get some points, but they were still in control, and it's devastating when your team down by like was two or three possess. I think three possessions at that point, and the other team, it's kind of like a slap in the face. You're really gonna use the, the clock that much, and you're not gonna score on us. Leave us a little bit left time to try and come back. That's something that I thought uh, the miners were able to do really well, and for the first time in a while, time of possession was huge in this game. No, I'm totally with you on that. And third down conversions, the miners convert 11 of 17, which is really good for their mm-hmm. offense. And then then defensively, they shut them down, stop them 11 consecutive times. And Louisiana Monroe finishes the game 0 for 0 and 11 on third down conversions. Man, that's disastrous right there for the Warhawks. That's really tough. When you're looking at red zone chances, the Miners were 3 mm-hmm. of 4. They just only really missed that one that Gavin Beck or actually they missed the one that they had a turnover on downs. They elected not to go for uh the field goal late in the game. They wanted to just kind of keep going and and run out the clock. So they were 3 of 4 in red zone opportunities today. Louisiana Monroe was 0 of 1. I mean, that was pretty big when the Miners had that interception mm-hmm. by Duran Lowe and stopped them from scoring in the red zone. That was a really big play right there. Dion Hankins, I'm going to give you his log for the first three games. 113 in the season opener against Stephen F. Austin. He has two touchdowns. 34 yards against Texas. Didn't do too much on the ground against the Longhorns. But tonight, 118 on the ground and three total touchdowns. Man, this guy just keeps getting better and better, Sal. Yeah, now we're going to see what he could do against Louisiana Tech, the likes of North Texas, UTSA. Congrats, Deion Hankins. You just completed level one. Now it's time for level two. I'm excited for conference play. It's right around the corner. La Tech is going to be a tough one. That's a really, really tough one to open up your conference slate against. Uh, Southern Miss, I think it's winnable. I think North Texas is winnable. You move forward into the Conference USA schedule. I think Florida International is winnable. UTSA, of course. Rice, I I don't really see the UAB game being uh, I I think that's going to be an uphill battle for the Miners, just knowing what kind of program UAB has uh, and especially how they've started off the season, only losing to number 12 Miami on the the year. So that's something to note as well. They've beat two uh, Sun Belt opponents in Central Arkansas and in uh, South Alabama. So I'm looking forward to that game as well. But I think when we're 
talking about competitive, Sal. We're we're talking about Southern Miss, yeah. North Texas, UTSA, Rice, and Florida International. Five yeah. games right there. I really love the way the schedule plays out. The Miners have a, a tough matchup, but it's at home on the 21st. That's after a very, uh, I don't want to say very winnable game, but a, a game they could win against UTSA, but they close it out against Rice on the road. So they have a chance to go 2-3 and three for their final three games. All of that stuff, that sandwich in between, toss it. Man, I just, if you would have told me that this UTEP team would be 3-1 and one at this point, at the start of this season, and if you would have told me that they would be competing in conference, you would say, I would have said you were crazy. I mean, really. I, I was so I was so against this team. Not, not just like, you know, personally. I just seen them in practice and just kind of worrying about the previous years. But they've. it seems like this is, they've got all the makings of what it could take to turn the corner. And that's the biggest thing right there. You know, I mean, come on, man, if you can turn the corner right there and you can get two, three more wins on the season and maybe compete and try to go to a bowl game. How big would this be for this program? Yeah, they now they know they can match up with anybody that's in Division one, at least on the same tier. And they're showing that they could win these games, or at least they showed it this one. Yeah, I'm with you, Sal. Hey, for Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Broadus. It's been a great show for everybody, and, and really appreciate everybody weighing in and chipping in. I think that Twitter was so excited. Biggest win of the Dana Dimmel era by far. Uh, I, I think that's easy enough to say for everybody who's listening on our podcast. Thank you so much. We're really excited to do it back again. So again, our player of the game for tonight's matchup will be Dion Hankins. It's brought to you by the Oscar Arrieta All-State Agency. When we're we're talking about the play of the game. It was that Gavin Hardison 82-yard bomb to Jacob Cowing. That's brought to you by the by our great friends at Taco Avocat. But we're winding things down here on the program today. Really appreciate everybody weighing in on the show and really appreciate everybody uh, staying with us. It's been a it's been a really fun time. We're going to get you ready for game number 5, Western Conference Finals. It's next. It's the Lakers taking on the Nuggets and we're weighing in right here. And thanks for listening to Minor Talk. We're presented by Longhorn Distributing right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. You've been listening to Minor Talk presented by Longhorn Distributing. Join us after every UTEP broadcast on your home for minor sports. 600 ESPN El Paso.